because of a wrist they drip with ice. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-919-1316 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me. Shirtless Tom is behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter, at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970. And please, tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. All live from the Fox Bet Studios. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Just saw this pop up on my Twitter timeline. James Conner was a full participant in practice today, so that is good news for the Steelers, who, I don't know if you've heard, will be without their starting quarterback. Jerry Dulac joins us now to discuss. He's brought to us by McFadden Saloon on the North Shore, featuring Bud Light Buckets for every Steelers home game. Five for $15. Jerry, Mason Rudolph, is he the next great Steelers quarterback? Well, Adam, we're going to find out. For right now, he's the next Steeler quarterback. We'll find out whether he's good, average, great, below average. Uh, but I will tell you this. The players and uh, the coaches, the offensive coaches, I don't want to use the word excited to see him because but to a degree they are. They don't like the circumstances in which they have to see him. But, but it's somewhere be- between curious and excited based on what they've seen from him, based how he's progressed in year two, and I will tell you based on the way this kid prepares. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a, a film rat, and, um, you know, I, I'm curious to see him too. Uh, we'll see how he performs. We're not going to judge him on one game, but let's face it, what we've seen of him in year two, including on Sunday, ain't bad. Are the Steelers going to alter the offense? I mean, I'd imagine that they will, but uh, is that their plan? I, I think it makes sense to do so. Yeah, I really don't think so, Adam. I think what they might do is it might be limited a little bit more, uh, and he won't, when I say he won't have the freedom, um, but, you know, I asked about the no huddle. Are you going to be limited in that? And they said no because of the way this guy prepares, that he knows the playbook. Now, I just don't think we're going to see everything, but I don't think you're going to see some vanilla preseason offense out of this guy. They will go and run what they run. That's the way they believe. And they know this guy's prepared mentally, and, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I like Mason Rudolph. I'm hesitant to say he has that it quality that, that quarterbacks, good quarterbacks have. But you, you kind of see that in him. And um, I think he's not afraid to be the guy. You know, Ben's the guy. And when Ben's there, you know, nobody wants to – nobody's going to step in and think, okay, this is my team. Well, now it's, it's Mason Rudolph's team, and I think he's comfortable stepping into that role and being that guy. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to find out in, in, in a short couple of weeks. But I, I think so. I think the good thing, too, Adam, if there is – such is that the Steelers, barring injury in the next 14 games, are going their heir apparent. Otherwise, let's just say, for argument's sake, that Ben uh, played three years of his contract and never got hurt. Well, then they would have no idea whether Mason Rudolph's their guy, whether they should give him a new contract, you know, a bigger one. Um, and, and so that's at least that's what they're going to find out. They're going to find out if this is their guy going forward. 
Jerry Dulac of the Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network with us here on the Crowley Show. How do you think they go about attacking San Francisco given the relative lack of success of their wide receivers? Is there going to be a change there on the depth chart? Are we going to see more of James Washington, less of Dante Moncrief? Well, the sad part about your question, Adam, is it's... We lost Jerry. The, f- the phone is down. Jerry's phone gone. We've had a lot of not great success with the phone lines lately. Here. Is, it, is there some sort of weird cell thing going on in Pittsburgh? Because really, we've had nothing but bad luck with that. It's been awful, and I want to blame Shirtless Tom. I know it's not his fault, but I want to blame him anyhow. No, it's his fault. He's responsible for getting phone calls on the air, and clearly that phone call is not on the air anymore. You call Jerry Dulac at home. And you call him on the cell, and we'll talk to him at home, and then if it drops out of home, then we'll put him back on the cell. There's got to be a backup line. The Steelers, they got backup Mason Rudolph. We need backup phone lines up here in the Fox Bet Studios. Son of a gun! Professional operation. Always. Get the hamster wheel going over in the corner over there, shirtless Tom. I think you can't put Dante Moncrief out there. I mean, you, you absolutely you got frying pan for hands. And a drop's a drop, but a drop that goes 10 yards backwards and gets intercepted. I mean, if your confidence wasn't killed before, it's going to be killed now. Jerry Dulac back with us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, the wide receiver depth chart, Jerry, do they still roll with a guy like Dante Moncrief, or are they changing stuff up? Does Deontay Johnson get more of an opportunity? Well... Uh, we saw Dante Moncrief snaps go from 60 to 18 last week. And, uh, Adam, if they are any more than in half this week, I'll be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he rarely plays. They've lost confidence in him. Uh, I'm sure the quarterback, uh, you know, has lost some confidence in him, even though he's only been out there with him half. Um, I just, I really don't think you're going to see him get uh, a lot of snaps. And, uh, you know, we saw Ryan Switzer's snaps go from 46 to 18. I don't really know that you're going to see those increase. There's no reason to do that. And I think you're going to see Deontay Johnson. Uh, and, uh, and you would think James Washington would play an awful lot. He's had, I think, 35, 34 snaps each of the last two games. I think you'll see those increase, and you would expect that with his college teammate at quarterback. But, but. If you recall, Adam, at the start of the second half, when he came in against Seattle, I was surprised how long it took to get James Washington in the game. I think they'll change that up a little bit this week. Jerry, what were your initial thoughts, and what are your thoughts now on the Mika Fitzpatrick trade? Well, I like the player. I don't like the trade. By that, I mean, uh, you know, probably because I was around Dan Rooney so long, um, Dan Rooney would never trade uh, a future number one. And he didn't believe in it. And I was surprised, if almost shocked, when the Steelers did. When I heard the Steelers were in the running for Minka Fitzpatrick or it was mentioned, I thought, nah, because they won't give up a number one. And Miami won't part with anything less. So when they did, um, I was surprised in that regard. I never like trading away a future number one. I will tell you that, um, you know, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure Dan Rooney was sitting on Art Rooney's shoulder and telling him not to do that. And I will tell you, it took some dis- uh, some debate on Art Rooney's part to pull the trigger on that, but um, you know, to sign off on it. Um, but I think um, I think that was that the the the, the kind of impetus behind that move was Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin likes him too. Uh, if it's a uh, Minka Fitzpatrick too, um, so 
I, I think the player will be, you know, I think he's a top-tier safety. I think he's a great addition. I just don't like trading away a number one draft pick. Jerry, last thing for you, and it's kind of a two-parter here. How are they going to use Minka Fitzpatrick this week? And then you wrote about in the Post-Gazette, Devin Bush. What is his usage going to be like? How are they going to make things a little bit easier for him? Well, I don't, uh, I'll answer the second part first. I don't know that Devin Bush is going to come off the field much at all because Vince Williams is not going to, going to play. And uh, uh, they're, so it's going to be he and Mark Barron. Mark Barron played every snap last week, so that's not going to change. Um, and, and, you know, they're not going to simplify the defense per se, but they're going to simplify some of the responsibilities for Devin Bush. So, uh, you know, that happens. They did a little bit of that with Terrell Edmonds. They did it with Ryan Shazier. When you have a guy who's an impact player or you believe is an impact player, you just, you put, you want him on the field and you live with their mistakes. And that's what happened against Seattle. He, uh, Devin Bush was beat twice by the tight end for touchdowns. You know, once in man coverage, the other time he was just a little slow getting over in zone because, you know, he's still thinking more than just reacting and playing. So, um, and as for Minka Fitzpatrick, I think you're just going to see him stay put. I don't think there's any plan to do anything other than what Mike Tomlin said. That's to keep him at free safety. Now going forward, uh, you know, and maybe after a couple games, you might see them move him around to the slot because, you know, they're just not happy with Mike Hilton in coverage. Uh, it, when he's playing the slot. So I think you'll see them take advantage of his uh, versatile abilities later, but not right now, not for at least a couple games, I bet. Jerry, good stuff, man. Appreciate the time, as always. Adam, always good chat with you, my friend. Take care. It's Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Steelers Radio Network. I think he's a 1,000% right that Dan Rooney never would have traded a first-round pick. I know that Art Rooney II did wrestle with it because the Steelers tried and true. They hold on to their first-round picks. They've had one every year since 1967, 68, and they've had a lot of success. They are one of, if not the most successful franchise in the history of the National Football League. That is the way that they've got things done. But I've always found that you can't always stick in absolutes. That's right. I've always found that you can't stick with absolutes. There were times in college, right, where it is a Saturday night and I partied my face off the entire week and I'm like, you know what, I'm sitting this one out. I'm not going out. And then your buddy comes over with a couple of freshman chicks and he's like, hey man, let's get these 40s to our face yep, and I got a carton of cigarettes. Oh yeah, We're getting after it. Mm-hmm. And you know, my rule that day was, you know what, no matter what, I ain't going out. Well, Sometimes a freshman falls in your lap, right? Well, sometimes, yes, a good player falls in your lap. And that's what happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. The Steelers usually don't spend big money in free agency either. Well, Joe Hayden, he falls in their lap. The Browns cut him, and the Steelers are like, are you kidding me? This guy's out there. We have a need at corner. We're right before the season. Who cares? Let's go get that guy. Let's pay him money. And you know what? They've re-upped him for a second contract now. It fell like a freshman girl in their lap. And the same thing happened with Minka Fitzpatrick. I think this is the only circumstance where you would ever see the Steelers take a first-round pick and give it to somebody else where you basically get, in fact, you do get a first-round pick in return. Sure, you're going to have one fewer year of control, one less year of control with Minka Fitzpatrick than you would have had with whoever you pick next year. I understand that. The other thing, though, that you have to keep in mind is that you're also not going to have to pay the signing bonus. So the $11 million that was paid out to Minka Fitzpatrick, that's still paid by the Dolphins. 
The Steelers don't have to deal with that. So next year, if they had picked at, let's say, exactly the same spot, 11th, they're saving $11 million there. This guy's going to cost them like $5.5 million over the course of the contract until that option year comes up, and then, okay, you'll have to pay him then, but this saves the Steelers $11 million next year against the cap that they can then use to pay Juju Smith-Schuster. They can then use to pay T.J. Watts. If they so choose to go after Javon Hargrave, they could do that. They've got an, elect- an extra... Ooh, an Electra. Mm-hmm. Carmen Electra. They've got an extra $11 million to spend, and I think it's worth it. It fell right in their laps. They wouldn't typically trade a first-round pick. But the way I look at it, when I'm sitting there next year at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, and I'm staring across at Matt Williamson and Dale Lawley and Wes Euler's there and Jerry Dulac, and we're all talking about, oh, my God, the Steelers don't have a first-round pick, I'm going to pound the table. I'm going to say, you know who their first-round pick is? It's Minka Fitzpatrick because that guy's going to be their starting safety for the next three years. That is your first-round pick. You have to look at it that way. So I'm not against it at all. In fact, I love it. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, the Steelers wind up going 0-16, and they lost to the Dolphins. The Dolphins are 1-15, and and you're not going to get two at Tagovailoa? Well, yeah, it's a mistake. But I don't see it going down that way. I love it! Live from the Fox Bet Studios. It is the Crowley Show. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. When we return, Ben, he's done. I think he might have been done before we all thought he was done. What? <gasps> Numbers. It's reeks of conspiracy. Statistics. What? Conspiracy, Prep. I like that. Mm. Crowley Show. Don't miss our 2019 iHeartRadio Music Festival. More than 20 artists, two nights, one stage. Watch live Friday, September. Close. That was close. <laughs> Maybe I decide those te- teats don't need milking. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The others don't need a squeezing. Roethlisberger not going to play the rest of the year because of that elbow injury. You knew that. People saying the Stillers are done. People saying Ben Roethlisberger will never be the same. Well, the last nine games, they tell you maybe Ben Roethlisberger wasn't the same as Ben Roethlisberger used to be. In fact, the Steelers, this isn't all his fault, but quarterbacks get congratulated, propped up, patted on the back when they win. Well, they're 3-6 and six in the last nine games that Ben Roethlisberger started. That's got to fall on him a little bit, too. And in fact, if you go back his last 18 games, Steelers are 9-8-1 in Ben Roethlisberger's 18 starts. That's not all on him, to be sure. When a quarterback wins a Super Bowl, he gets the glory. When the team loses, I think he got to get a brunt of the criticism. If you don't want to go by a win-loss record, if you want to look at other statistics, I got those for you, too. Ben Roethlisberger... 13 touchdowns, 12 turnovers, a completion percentage of 66. That's fine, but a quarterback rating of 86.9 in his last nine starts. That's Ben Roethlisberger not playing up to Ben Roethlisberger's standard. That's Ben Roethlisberger being substandard for a big chunk of the last 16 games. And this isn't baseball, right? Mike Trout will go nine games and hit 200. Barry Bonds would go a couple of games without hitting a dinger. Like It happens in baseball. There's 162 games. It all averages out over that long-ass season. There's a big-time sample size. But in football, you get 16. 
So if you're not good for nine games, if you're average, which I guess is more accurate when looking at the numbers, for nine games, that is a huge swath of a season where you're just simply not good enough if you are a Hall of Fame quarterback charged with winning games. Now, I wonder if some of it, of course, had to do with not having A.B. for the last three. Because in Cincinnati, it was ugly. U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. You ugly. U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. You ugly. They sucked the first game against the Patriots. No Antonio Brown. And they were really not good on offense the first half against the Seahawks without Antonio Brown. That's the last three games Ben Roethlisberger's played, yes, without Antonio Brown, but not good enough from him. And then Mason Rudolph comes in. He did not grow an Antonio Brown in some laboratory and bring him out on the football field with him. And yet he still put up 17 points, did Mason Rudolph, in two quarters of football. Ben Roethlisberger put up 29 points in his last 10 quarters of football. I'm not telling you that Mason Rudolph's going to be the be-all, end-all. I'm not telling you Mason Rudolph's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. I'm not telling you that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not even telling you he'll be good. But what I am telling you is, can he play up to the standard that Ben set the last nine games? Yeah, I think he probably can. In fact, Mason Rudolph, his quarterback rating better in that second half of football than Ben Roethlisberger's was in those nine games. That's not to say that that's going to continue. It's not. It's it's possible, though. And, in fact, it's not a lofty standard to be held to. And if we do see Mason Rudolph put up those numbers, I know what's going to happen. I know what the reaction from the fan base is going to be. If the next nine games Mason Rudolph goes 13 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and two fumbles, people are going to say he sucks. People are going to say, oh, Mason Rudolph's not good enough. Oh, Mason Rudolph can't be the heir apparent. Oh, Mason Rudolph's not the quarterback of the future. Meanwhile, those are the numbers Ben Roethlisberger just put up. Ben Roethlisberger, I had faith in him having a good year this year. You get Antonio Brown out of his ear. You still have a Pro Bowl running back. You've got three great offensive linemen. The other two you don't think are half bad. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got a good tight end in Vance McDonald. I thought Ben Roethlisberger would have a good year this year. It didn't start off that way. It doesn't mean it wouldn't have changed. But if I'm objectively looking back now at the last nine games Ben Roethlisberger's played, Mason Rudolph can absolutely achieve those numbers. Mason Rudolph can absolutely have a quarterback rating of 87. That's not that hard to do. In fact, Gardner Minshew came in his first ever NFL game. What was he, 2025? The guy's moving the team right down the field. Now maybe they're helping him out with a bunch of easy throws. Even so, I think Mason Rudolph can come in, knows the offense, has the keys to the offense, We'll have a little bit of freedom. I think he's going to be able to go, okay, 87 quarterback rating. I think it can happen. So I'm not comparing Mason Rudolph to Ben Roethlisberger's prime. I don't think he's ever got that ability, right? I just don't. Ben Roethlisberger's picked 11th. Ben Roethlisberger could have gone in the top five. Ben Roethlisberger's that kind of talent. But I do think Mason Rudolph can be better than what Ben's been the last nine games. Yeah, I do. I said it! Damn it, I said it! Don't kill me for it on Twitter.com at underscore Adam Crowley. And your thoughts on that at 412-919-1316. People keep telling me that this Steelers team can't be like 2004, and I do tend to agree. I don't see the Steelers going 13-1 with a backup quarterback. I just said I don't think Mason's going to be as good as great Ben. 
I don't think this team is capable of getting to the AFC Championship game. The Patriots, the Chiefs, they're going to be in the way, even if the Steelers do make the playoffs. That being said, it's not as far-fetched as people are making it out to be to think that they can be good. Our friend Tim Benz wrote about it today in the Trib. Breakfast with Benz. Check it out every day. Love that stuff. I read it every day when I'm pooping. Others have commented saying that the 4 team was better than the 2019 Steelers. Well, okay. Yeah, the 4 team was great. But would anybody have thought that after watching the 2003 team? Anybody who watched 2003, those Pittsburgh Steelers, they wouldn't have said, oh, 2004, they're going to be awesome. They're going to go 15-1. and They're going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to go to the AFC Championship game. No, nobody would have thought that. The statistics across the board for that 2003 team were not good. So instead of comparing 2019 to 2004, we should be comparing 2003 to 2018 and see how those teams stack up. Where is the jumping off point for the 2019 Steelers as compared to the jumping off point for the 2004 Steelers? Because the 2003 Steelers, people would say, oh, that talent, man, that defense was great. Eh, they were 19th in the league in scoring defense. Or in scoring, pardon me, on offense. The 2018 Steelers, they were 6th in yards. On offense. The 2003 Steelers, they were 15th in scoring defense. The 2018 Steelers, 16th. No way. That's not possible, right? They're very comparable. In fact, the 2018 team is better than the 2003 team. Shocking. That 2003 team was 6-10. and 10. Last year's Steelers team was 9-6-1. People tell me what a great defense the 4 Steelers had. I know they were great. I was there. I saw it. Who cares? That's not the point. The point is, what were they building off of? The Steelers' 3 defense was 12th against the run. It was 11th against the pass. Not a great defense. They were 9th in yards allowed. That's not bad, but it's not great. Well, last year, the Steelers' defense was 6th in yards allowed. It was 10th against the pass. It was 6th against the run. Yet people tell me that this defense does not compare. That this defense can't be good. Again, it's not about 04 versus 19. It's about the jumping off point, the starting point, 03 to 04. Last year's Steelers was way better than the 03 team in every single facet of the game. In fact, the 03 team, people say, oh, they could run the football. Oh, 2004, those Steelers, second in the league, they were great at running the football. Jerome Bettis, Deuce Staley, Willie Parker, they could run that rock. Well, the 03 team was 31st in the league in rushing yards. The next year, like I said, they were second. Last year's Steelers team, they're not going to be able to run the ball with Mason Rudolph. They didn't run it even last year with Ben Roethlisberger. They were 31st in rushing yards, just like the 03 team. Guys, I don't think it's going to be like 2004 for the Steelers. I don't think they're going to reel off a bunch of wins. I don't think they're going to lose the second game that they lose all year long in the AFC Championship. But I actually think that this team has a starting point that's better off than that one did. Because I think last year's Steelers team, 2018, was better than the 2003 team. Now, they had been in 2004 to come in, right? They had a potential Hall of Fame quarterback walking through that door. I don't think that Mason Rudolph is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Also, last year's team had Ben Roethlisberger, whereas the 03 team had Tommy Maddox. So I get that. I get that's a reason why the offensive numbers look better for 18 as compared to what the offensive numbers look for in 03. But defensively, the numbers are very comparable. And in fact, last year's defense was better statistically than the defense the Steelers had in 2003. 
So the jumping off point from a defensive standpoint, I think, is actually a better place to be hanging around. And the Steelers just added Minka Fitzpatrick. Again, I don't think the Steelers are going to go to the AFC Championship game. But anybody who's writing them off as a basis by saying, oh, 4 this team can't stack up to that one, well, look at where they came from and then tell me. Because this year's team, they haven't written their story yet. Nobody believed 4 could happen the way that 4 happened. Everyone's writing off 2019. I'm telling you that 2003 was not as good as 2018. Therefore, there's a chance that 2019 can be good. 412-919-1316. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Here's one thing that I do think is going to be different this year than it was in 2004 with Ben Roethlisberger as a rookie. I don't know if you can win games without going over 28 passing attempts in a game. I don't think you can consistently do that. Now, I know that that's what happened with Blake Bortles up in here in Pittsburgh a couple of times in 2017. I don't think you can consistently do that unless your defense is incredibly elite. Now, maybe the Steelers' defense gets there. Eh, Time's going to have to tell on that one. But I think what you need to do with Mason, I said earlier in the show, around 30. I'm thinking 35 or lower on pass attempts. Run the football Protect the clock. Protect your defense. Last game against Seattle, the Steelers defended 79 plays. It was 70 the game before against New England. You had to take off one of, if not your best defensive player, T.J. Watt, and put in that stupid $8 million bum Anthony Ciccolo. Anthony Ciccolo crashes in, 37-yard touchdown run. If the Steelers are defending 60 snaps instead of 70, if they're defending 70 instead of 80, maybe Anthony Ciccolo doesn't go out there. Now I know he's going to be hurt. Right, So he's not going to play anyhow. But you understand the point there. If the Steelers can control the clock a little bit more than they have, if they can keep the defense off the field a little bit more, I think the defense then, by extension, becomes better. You're going to hate me for it. Bring it up all the time. 6-0-1 last year whenever they ran for 100 yards. And the defense gave up 18 points a game. They gave up around 23 overall. So that tells you there's a tangible difference there between when the Steelers run the ball and don't run the ball. Run it a little bit more with Mason Rudolph. And if you need to unchain him at the end of the game, you say, go get it. Okay, you do that. But keep it close. Try to win with defense. They created some splash on Sunday. You just don't want them to be on the field as much as they had to be. I think the end of the game with Russell Wilson scrambling up the middle, I think a lot of that's fatigue. I think the end of the season, or at the end of games last season for Pittsburgh was lost because of fatigue on defense. The defensive numbers, as I just went through, weren't that bad last year. They were top 10 in just about everything. Points per game, not so much. Why? Well, because I think they're fatigued at the end of ball games. We saw Oakland have success at the end of the ball game. We saw the Saints have success albeit with some help at the end of a ball game. We saw the Chargers have more success at the end of a ball game than the beginning of the ball game. I think if you can keep the defense off the field, keep them playing 60 snaps-ish, you've got a chance to still, in a weak-ass AFC, to make the playoffs. I'm not predicting that they will, but they've got a chance. We'll get more into the nuts and bolts of Sunday's game tomorrow. we got a dude coming on from San Fran. If the Steelers go to 0-3, then they're done. 0-3 0-3 with the backup quarterback, it ain't going to work. 1-2 with Cincinnati next up on the schedule. Now we're talking, baby. Now we're talking about being relevant in October. Let's go. But if you're 0-3 playing the Bengals, it might not be so alive come October. Matt Mayoko, that guy from San Francisco we're talking to tomorrow. Wake me up!
when September ends. Almost, buddy. Hottest take of the day. Other crap. Three stars of the show. Next, all live from the Fox Bet Studios. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Addicted to the show? Keep it here. ESPN Pittsburgh. Don't miss our 2019 iHeartRadio Music Festival. More than 20 artists. Two nights, one stage. Watch live Friday, September 20th. Me, 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 woo, poo, poo. I agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do right, Kogutis. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Everybody was comfy fighting. Oh, hey. Didn't see the radio be ready for me there. <laughs> Talking about... Yeah, we weren't. <laughs> masturbation. <laughs> no. no. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Already? Yeah, we've got to get right into it. Two grown men can't talk to each it's other about masturbation. I mean, it really snuck up on me there, this yeah, segment. Yeah. Why are you looking at us weird? Some <laughs> adult discussion. This is the low point in the history of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I thought you were going to say the show. <laughs> and that the Pirates, they were outscored 57-15 to 15 in the last five games prior to the one they played today, which I haven't even looked to see if they won. Who gives a rip? There weren't 10,000 people there. In fact, Craig Gass was on with us earlier, and off the air, he was there. He's a Seattle Mariners fan. He said he counted the people, the both games he went to, and no joke, he got 600 one day, 800 the other day. The Pirates announced about 10,000. So people ain't buying into this. You've got your closer raping 13-year-old girls. You've got fights breaking out in the clubhouse. They're 21 and 42 or 43 or 22. It doesn't matter. It depends on what happened today. But they are 20 games under 500 since the All-Star break. They lost in 11. Yes! That's the, it's the low point. Extra innings, though. <laughs> yeah, we're moving in the right direction. Oh, so they got the point. Bonus baseball. Hockey. Yeah. It's harder to beat them today. It's the low point in the history of the Pirates organization, and they've had some down moments. They've had Raul Mondesi say, nah, they traded Kenny Lofton and Aramis Ramirez for Bobby Hill, and then Jose Hernandez, who struck out 250 times every damn year. The Pirates have won in four seasons out of the 28 that I've been alive. There's been a lot of down moments. This, by far, though, to me, is the worst season in Pittsburgh Pirates history if you factor in the losing and everything that's gone on off the field. I didn't even mention Jung Ho Gung, who you bring back out of suspension, and then the guy's hitting like 140, so you get rid of his ass. Three DUIs, it's just a disaster over there in the North Shore. Isn't it weird that Gung right now is forgettable? Like, he was the absolute face of drama on that team, and now it's so far gone that you, you literally forget about him. I had to throw him in at the end there. He's a caveat now. It's the hottest take of the day. It's now time for the other crap. <laughs> this is the low point show history. It's where we go around in a circle and we talk about things we haven't yet talked about on today's radio program. Woo! Other crap. KFC is throwing their hat in the chicken sandwich ring war mm. between fast food restaurants. They came out Have they not had a chicken sandwich before? They, they have, but buddy. They came out today with what I have dubbed personally the trailer trash. <laughs> it is two glazed donuts as buns on top of a chicken sandwich. You ever looked up glazed donut on 
UrbanDictionary.com. Why did you take it there? Well, people should. But that sounds disgusting. I am totally not in on that. I like donuts. I like fried chicken. I don't need fried chicken with my donut. They're trying to kill people, right? This is where this is where they're at. I mean, fat chicks rejoice. Don't don't let me rain on any fat chicks parade. That like I get it. It's a donut and chicken, and you love it, and you want to stuff your face with it. I get it. But they're trying to kill people. This is why America's dying. That's funny on Urban Dictionary. Glazed donut. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read it. Hey, do you ever do you ever give someone a glazed donut followed by a chicken sandwich? <laughs> Woo! You're not reading it. <laughs> it's better oh, now that they crap. That joke plays more. Speaking of giving someone a chicken sandwich and a glazed donut, Rick Patino has settled his lawsuit with Louisville. See, I told you it played more. Yep, he got out of there uh, and settled. So you thought you were going to have a long, drawn-out. Uh, Legal battle? Well, nothing is ever long and drawn out with old Rick Patino. That ended quickly. You, you know say they, I mean? uh, they, uh, they aborted the proceed. They aborted. Damn it, mother. Oh, man. I can't get. I'm leaving. I'm going to leave before the show's over. You were so good during wrong, the break. Man. I've never been funnier than I was during the break, and I can't <laughs> effing talk right now. What the actual F is going on? I am furious with myself. I had a joke. It was a good joke. I had it ready, and it didn't come out. Uh, much like Patino, your 15 seconds might be up. Woo! Other crap. Charles Tom saved you. I'm going to try to bust my slump by saying Carl Yastrzemski. Okay, good. (laughs) Oh, my God. I got it. Carl Yastrzemski's grandson. (laughs) (laughs) Carl Yastrzemski. Yastrzemski. Mike Yastrzemski, huh? Mike Yastrzemski, who plays for the Giants, hit a home run in Fenway Park. Yes. And the crowd gave him a standing ovation. I think that's super cool. If you love the history of baseball, that made you cry a little bit. I'm done talking. Let's just go to the three stars of the show. It was a soft move from the Red Sox crowd. I mean, you're playing against the guy. You're Boston. You just fired your GM because you're not winning enough, and you're going to stand and clap for an opposing player. soft. Well, and this just in, Mike Yastrzemski, Carl's grandson, not the best at baseball. Yeah, he hit 20 home runs this year. He's breaking into the major leagues at 29 years old. I think there's some preferential treatment. Don't think that guy makes the bigs. Late bloomer. Yeah, that must be it. Yastrzemski. Yaz. Yaz. Three stars of the show. Let's get this thing over with. My Christ. I'm having fun. I don't want that. Sure, you want to try to say Yastrzemski a few more times? Yastrzemski. There you go. You nailed it. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show sponsors. It's the Fox Bet Studios. Make the call. Download the app today. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Separate from that, though, this sponsor, this segment is unsponsored, or it's actually sponsored by Great Unsponsored. What are you saying? What is happening right now with your brain? Are you okay? <laughs> it is or it isn't. It's sponsored or isn't it? Well, guys, let me tell you, it's time to get new windows. <laughs> oh, okay. So, great, great football segment, not unsponsored. It happened to him too. We got Brian with it too. Football segment unsponsored. Studio sponsors. Fox Bet. Make the call. Download the app today. On... Man, I need new windows. Of course you do. And Fox... the best place to get your windows. Get the hell out of here, Tom. Get the hell out of here. What the frick? We're so good at radio. We are. We're awesome at this. We deliver sponsors, drop them out right when we need to. We say the right things all the time. Like this, second star. Tonight's second star of the show, Mongoloid. Like if you could pull some kind of Freaky Friday thing and have Ben and your baby pee in the same water fountain at the same time, maybe somehow there's quarterback power 
powers would transfer to your kid and, and could then thrust him to be the next franchise or a future franchise quarterback. Dump out of it. Brian's absolutely right. With every single Wait, do we really want to dump out of it? No. Yeah, this is our show. Your son has the potential to be, or daughter, the potential to be the next Big Ben. My son or daughter is being birthed from a woman who's 5'1 and 3 quarters and a man who is 5'8-ish. Well, there's no reason two small people couldn't have like an 8-foot mongoloid kid. Have a big, huge kid. I don't know if that's how it works. Are we still doing mongoloid? Oh! I can't believe you said that, Crowley. I don't know. My bad. We've now said it, it twice. <laughs> no, don't look it up. no offense. No one look it up. No, <laughs> stay away from mongoloid. LeBeau? LeBeau. 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 Good save. Cross that one off the list. I'm just going to say, put pulling the curtain back. That's the worst saver we've ever done. No one has any idea what the hell's going on with the stars. I can't freaking talk. Carly Ostremski. You just stepped all over that. I mean, I'm not allowed to say Mongoloid. Love up. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Matt Hasselback. I see my quarterback, the guy who, after. What was it? Over like over ten years of just being the most awful team in football. This guy brought us to the Super Bowl, and we got beat by the Steelers. But we got to go to the Super Bowl, and I see Matt Hasselback, and I just went Matt, and then <laughs> and Matt turned around, and he goes, "What's up?" And I went, "What's up?" My voice got that high, and then I realized, "Oh my God, I have a camera phone. I have a camera phone." And I went to an usher and I said, "Sir, we take a picture." Matt, come on, real quick. Can we just real quick, real quick? We, we take the picture. If you look at the picture on my Facebook page, I look like I'm 12 years old. I'm shaking in the picture. Yeah. Plus, Matt Hasselbeck is a foot taller than me, so I'm grabbing him going, <laughs> I'm rubbing his head up above me. And then Matt Hasselbeck takes the picture and goes, okay. Thanks to Craig Gass for saving what was otherwise a horrendous radio program for are me. You, are you kidding me? You were awesome. I thought it was a great show. I was awesome until the end. That's all right. It's body of work we're looking at. Uh, I guess there's some street cred because it's the highest rated radio show between 18 and 34-year-olds in the city. Yeah. We made friends with a celebrity today, too. We did, unless you just listened to the last segment, at which point, no friends, no more. F. I, I can't. I'm pissed. I'm pissed at myself. I had jokes. The jokes are gone. It's over. Okay? Just move on. Bud Light yeah. happy hour tomorrow. Who's the guy we got on from San Fran? Matt Mayoko. Okay, I'm going to see him at the game. And, no uh, way he's saying that name right. Mayoka. For the latest lines and info on Sunday's games, tune in to the Fox Bet Closing Lines Report during the second hour of the pregame.